Hello all, this is Blonde-Haired Girl. So, at my new position, I had to, I didn't have to, but I did, um, buy the DSM-5. Okay, the DSM-5 is the Diagnostic Manual of Mental Health Disorders. <laughs> Number five, they update it. Every few years, the the four becomes obsolete. I haven't heard anything about a six at this point, because I'm sure that every single time they do this, it's very expensive. But <laughs> this is sort of like the the you know like the codes for medical. So when they put in the medical bills, like when they bill for medical appointments or, or diagnoses, they have a code. Well, they have a code in mental health disorders. <laughs> so you have to, like the initial thing is you do a an evaluation and then you, you come up with a diagnosis. And so yours truly is going to be, mm, oh my God, coming up with you know, I guess a general idea of what, you know, is, I don't think it's a hard diagnosis, but um, I'm going to be using my professional opinion um, based on interview and observation and and coming up with a diagnosis for the people that I'm working with. So, <laughs> so I'm going through it yesterday, and it's just super interesting. Is it's like everything is 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 about there. Everything is really based on these these um, principle, like these um, ideas of frequency, duration, and intensity. Frequency, duration, and intensity. So it's like okay, so you know. I have this really weird habit of every time I leave the house, I get nervous that I forgot to turn off my curling iron. I mean, I could honestly say I have a massive phobia about this. And so I'm always calling my son, you know, can you check the curling iron? <laughs> because I... I have a really bad habit. Like I'm, it's coming to memory, like right in this moment that during one of the events I went to in the last year, I called the lady from the Airbnb. I mean, I like texted her and I said, look, I'm afraid I forgot the, I forgot to turn off my curly iron. Could you check it? <laughs> um, so this is a phobia of mine. Okay. Now, I would say it's, 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 I don't go back, okay, I don't go back 10 times to check my curling iron. I don't do that. And so you got like, the frequency is actually, I would say that I probably ask my son to check the curling iron three times a month. It could be more, could be less, but I'm going to say, so I'm not asking him to do it three times a day, you know, so, so, <laughs> and the duration is, you know, I don't text him 
five times a day, 10 times a day, can you check the curling? It's not, what I'm trying to say is that this fear of mine is not completely, is not, has not taken over my life. Yes, I have a fear, but it has not taken over my life. I'm going to use my daughter as an example here for just a second because she does something very strange. She has some very strange habits, but one of them is, and I, and I, I, get, I feel so sad because I believe that she got some of her neuroses from me. I have to tell you, it's like, but when she locks her front door, she pulls on it about 10 times to make sure that it's locked. And then she like actually says out loud, so the door is locked, right? The door is locked. Like she, she needs the reassurance of the person with her to make sure that the door is locked. And I mean, it's clearly locked because you can't jiggle it at all. It's completely locked. But, um, and so, so, you know, and, and, our professors actually warned us against this because I bet this happens in medical school too. But they said, you know, be very, very careful with the the DSM-5 in diagnosing yourself and the people around you. Be very, very careful about this because, <laughs> you know, just because somebody may have like I find this with like autism all the time like people are constantly having this 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 desire to to diagnose children with autism that like and 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 the interesting thing for me personally is there's been a number of times where a child has not been diagnosed with autism and I was absolutely certain they were on the spectrum I was certain of it based on some of these really weird, obscure, um, like, um, things that children did that were really quirky. I was like, okay, I feel like this child will may go under the radar, but this child, I call it spectrum-y. <laughs> this is like a term I use, but then there's like, there's a lot of people that are just like, oh yeah, that child's autistic, you know? And I, and it's interesting, you know, to me, like sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. I'm like, I don't know where you're getting that diagnosis. Because um, there's some there's some parts of 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 autism that. Yeah, well, anyway, I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole, uh, but I wanted to. I know this is kind of strange, but I'm 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 going to kind of like pull this in with that I feel like like what I am seeing is like almost a massive mental health crisis in our country. I'm going to just put this out there as a as a theory or an idea. It is this massive like mental health crisis. I've never seen anything quite like what is happening right now in my lifetime. And I can imagine that were my parents alive right now, they would be saying the same thing. Of human rights going 
backward rather than forward. And so, and so I, you know, there's a lot of people around me. I live in a, in a state that, that seemed to be going purple, but right now there's a whole lot of, of Republicans in charge and, but the voters did not vote Trump this year. Although he would argue that this was one of those swing states that he was really angry about. And Arizona doesn't have a whole lot of electors anyway. Like, I mean, it would be a rare situation where Arizona would change an election result. But anyway, in the last election, this state went blue. And he was really mad about it. Trump was really angry about it and like had called Doug Ducey to not, I don't know, the result. They're supposed to do something with the results. I can't think of the official words for everything. But so, but. What happened, what I see that happened that got us in this human rights crisis that we are in right now, like a whole lot of young people and I, you know, and I, and I listen to them, but you know, I, I, there's some things that I really disagree with, um, in their, in their, like their logic, like I just do because the young people in my life, you know, are really appear to be very, it's not that they're blind to color, but they're not, racism is not a part of their vocabulary. Like, they don't, they don't appear to like, have it as something that like, not like when I was growing up, and I wasn't even, I did not grow up in an in an area that was like, well, first of all, had a huge amount of, of diversity. I mean, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. And in a time when there was starting to be more, and there, there was really kind of massive segregation in the sense that you were segregated by school, by neighborhood, because like your schools were from property taxes and different different ethnicities were able to afford houses in different neighborhoods, you know? Like there wasn't as much diversity and we, we called it Snotsdale because we were funny people. Anyway, you know, in that particular area as opposed to, but where I was growing up, it was primarily white people. If you looked in my, you know, at my elementary school photos, everybody's white. I don't even think that there may have been a random Mexican person, but not very many. But now the neighborhood that my mother was living in was primarily Mexican. It had a whole lot of, of, of ethnicity. It was like really diverse. And my mother had a really hard time with it. She was, she was kind of, you know, and she was upset about her church 
you know, and the changes that they made to her church. And she just, um, but she probably had some solid reasons for why she was feeling the way she did. Um, but my mom wasn't a massive racist. She really wasn't. Um, but anyway, what I've noticed is that my children do not believe that there is a, a more of a propensity for like racism with the police or in, or otherwise, like they don't believe that black people are incarcerated more or that black people are killed more by police. And, and instead of being like pressing the issue, I've decided to drop it and just let life show them because there is definitely a, a gap between the incarceration of white people and black people. There's just no doubt about it. And if a policeman comes up to a crime, comes up to a car and a crime, there's, there, is, there is a whole lot more chance that there's going to be some kind of incident with a black person. And it's not even because the black person has necessarily... And then there's like this whole school of thought that people of color commit more crime, yada, 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 all of this. But I have seen that there is more, more of a propensity for a black man or woman to be shot dead. Whether they have a, a, um, a gun in their hand or not. It seems to be, I mean, we don't hear about this as much with, with like Latino people as we do with people that have a lot of color in their skin. So, so, and it doesn't even really matter. Like what I'm seeing is it doesn't really matter necessarily exact. I mean, it does matter what you're watching because there is a huge difference between people who watch Fox News and people who watch MSNBC, okay, with the news they're getting. But, <laughs> but what I, what I really have come to is that it's like funneled, it's kind of funneled down entertainment. It is kind of the news but it's funneled down entertainment for us. And, and we, so we are basically spoon fed the information that is the most appealing to us. Because I, I can't watch Fox News. I could watch maybe a little bit of MS, MSNBC, but I can't watch Fox News. And the other thing about all of them that just drove me crazy when I was forced to watch the news different times in my life was the fact that everything it looked like so much of what it was talked about was just speculation. It was just speculation. It was nothing more than like tarot card readings, like, okay, or just, you know, people thinking that, you know, they can predict. It was just predictions and speculations about things. It was, 
it was kind of an idea of like just gambling, you know, um, and I think, I think all of this is very hypnotic and like really addictive to the brain. The brain is just very addicted to all of this, you know, you know, don't watch the news. Oh my God. You know, they can't take one day off the news. It just becomes an addiction. I know my mother was completely addicted to news and I can't say that I'm not addicted to the news to one degree or another, but I get my news sources in another way. It's like through social media, which you could say, well, that's not very smart. But like, I found that that when I've got these little snidbits from these people that I listen to snidbits from, and I and I connect it to actual reality, I find out that it's, yeah, it actually did happen that way. Um, like, I think it's super interesting. I was on um, TikTok, this one gentleman... Um, he's very, very popular on TikTok. Marcus, I can't remember his last name, but he has millions of subscribers now. But when January 6th happened, the insurrection at the Capitol happened, he, he, um, he had in real time, like he's, he had in real time what was going to happen, like what was happening. Like, and so I knew about it before even news people, even it was on the news because I called my mom, but he didn't get everything that was happening. Like, as far as, I don't know if he like actually got footage of, you know, but I mean, he did when they started to storm the Capitol and at some point he had to remove himself for his safety but like he didn't get the noose that was erected. I mean, I don't think people have any idea, you know, and I, even at the time when I was watching this kind of in real time, I, was, I thought it was really strange that they didn't know that this was going to happen. I still think it's strange because he had been, he, he, Trump isn't somebody who really does a lot of things in secret. He's more of a, he wants everyone to know about. This huge thing is happening. And I, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, they really didn't think he was going to do some kind of stunt. I mean, did you all see the, and I know that this happened afterward, but did you all see how armed the inauguration was did you happen to like notice how armed it was it was it was like nothing i'd ever seen like i don't i don't know that they had any parades and i i just it was nothing like the year before or the year before i mean when obama was inaugurated it was a massive celebration but and it was probably Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that I I found it even at the time just fascinating that they that they could not have known that that was going to happen. So it was almost as if the Democratic Party allowed the Democrats, I should be saying it that way, right? The Democrats allowed it to happen hoping maybe that it would it would 
show the world like who this guy really is, as in Trump. And they didn't, they didn't understand, like they, so what I am seeing that it is happening is, is that these, these hearings are happening and indictments are happening. All this stuff is happening on the front of actually what Trump did. And what he did was, and he told us he was he told us that if he did not win it was a rigged election okay which is so you know out of like putin's playbook um it just makes me insane um like putin does not allow fair elections and he's been the the president of russia for like, I don't know, at least 20 years, could be longer, 23 years now, um, because nobody can run against him because he kills his appointment. He kills them. He incarcerates them. He throws green stuff on them. He, he's, but anyway, so let's just get back to Trump. So he warned everybody that if he did not win this election, but he was voted out he was voted out even by Arizona, which is a swing state, which is normally a very red state. But there was enough people that went out to vote. Unfortunately, we need to vote out the entire government of Arizona if we really want to save ourselves. <laughs> because Arizona is really doing some crazy stuff. But anyway, um, so so he doesn't like the result, and he he never concedes, and and he tries to say that I think, and I'm trying to understand this because some stuff I don't quite understand. But evidently, they came up with all of the supposedly these fake ballots, fake electorates. I don't know what all this means. I'm just saying what I've heard. And they were they were going to present them. They knew they were fake, but they were still going to present them. And I think they were trying to pass them off to Pence. <laughs> I'm having this like really weird visual that they were trying to pass off these fake electric ballots during the actual cuz they do this this and it's not even official. The official thing had already happened. This is just a, like more celebratory than anything. But they, I think they were trying to, to put these fake electorate into the mix and just kind of perform magic and just, oh, well, voila, it was wrong, I guess. I don't know. But, but Pence was not willing to do this. When Pence heard of the idea, he just wasn't willing to do this. Even though Pence is a is a person who stands on his ideas. He, and he but I don't know that he could actually in his conscience do something like that. But I 
Pence is like the quintessential um, evangelical Christian. And, and, and I have to be like really careful because it is evangelical Christians who have turned into Christian nationalists. And it was Christian nationalists who stormed the Capitol on the 6th of January, 2021. He, he got the word out because I think he had been, his platforms had been for better or worse. I don't know. There's people who could debate that issue that if he should ever be like kicked off of TikTok or any platform, but he had been kicked off a bunch of platforms partly by bullying and hate speech. I mean, he, he puts out some real doozies. Um, but so do his, his like people who are in his corner. (laughs) I just have to point out this guy just because this Matt Gates, I'm not even sure what state he's from. I don't know if he's from Florida. I think it might be Florida. I'm not really sure. But he he did this thing recently. Like I don't know what they're thinking and that they so they had some kind of a conference and he was speaking at this conference and he said that all these women who are doing these protests for women's rights are he basically said they're ugly and nobody wants to sleep with them. This is like this sweeping statement. And then later he said, somebody asked him, you know, well, what, what would you say to people who would say that that's like rude? Um, and he would say like, they're offended. And he said, well then just be offended. So there's been this big war that's been going on on Twitter and probably otherwise between him and this young activist. And she's been raising all of this money. But the the irony of it all is that guy has been indicted or he is is facing charges of sex trafficking young girls. And he, he the guy is shady as anything. He is so shady. It's like and he is sort of like the quintessential like that shares this ideology. Like if you look at the, this ideology, and I, and honestly, I'm going to go back to that. I think it is mental illness that people are are latching on to to an ideology that I think I think this other part is is very interesting too, and in that. These are also people who believe that they are above the law. So I, I keep saying, you know, harping on all my, all, in all my material, saying that I really believe that this will somehow affect them. And, and, I, and I don't say that as in I'm hoping ill on people. That's not what I'm saying. I want to make that very clear. But it's so far-reaching that I don't think they're thinking clearly about if it's one of theirs that cannot access care. Like, if if they're 
daughter has an atopic pregnancy, if their significant other has an atopic pregnancy and cannot access care, they will die. And in some states, they're, they're starting to say, we don't care if the woman dies. They see the baby inside of her as, as, a, as a person who has rights. But you know what? So does the mother. So does the mother. The mother has rights. But the mother is losing her rights. You know, it's like somebody had put it in a really great way. They said, you know, they say to like men, okay, so what if your child, what if your child needed a kidney and, and the government said you compelled you to give up one of your kidneys for your child, but in some cases, what they are compelling you to do is give up both of your kidneys to the point where you may die. You will die without your kidneys, right? I mean, or be on dialysis the rest of your life. You can't live without kidneys, right? They're asking a woman to be prepared to die. That she does not have the same right to life as her child. Okay? That's what they're saying. That the woman does not have the same right to life as their child. And sometimes the child is not viable. They find out the baby doesn't have, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking right at this moment, you know, the beating heart thing. I don't know that that's even because you can put somebody on machines and they can have a beating heart and be, be brain dead and then decide to pull the plug we don't even do that with people who are not pregnant. <laughs> we, we, there are times where we allow someone to perish in, a, in humanity. So this is a very complicated issue. And it's not even just about that. It's not even just about that. Like, I'm... I'm really, really, really upset about the things that I'm hearing about the gay, trans, queer. I can't keep it all together. But people who are sexually divergent. <laughs> I came up with a buzz phrase, sexually divergent people. I'm really upset about this. Like there was a minister who said they should be lined up and shot in the head. I mean, like, I'm, I'm serious. You have no idea how scared that community is right now. And can you imagine a young person in school in a red state? Can you imagine it? The way they would be treated in a red state because what turn, what ends up happening is kids tend to be like their parents and and these parents are not they have massive bigotry and and use the bible to justify their bigotry 
Here's the thing, though. Abortion is not in the Bible, I, I, like according to something that I heard, except for in one place in the Old Testament in like Numbers or Deuteronomy or something. That's what I've heard by people who know. So they're, so they're justifying their entire platform on, on something that's not even in their Bible. They have been, they have been brainwashed and radicalized in their thinking. And so then you say, okay, well, blonde haired girl, have you been radicalized? And I don't know, maybe I have. This isn't the, this is certainly not the way that I was raised. I mean, I was raised with a mother who went to abortion clinics and said the rosary. So where have I been radicalized? What has happened with me is that I've just, I just hear things and then I, and then I, and then I look at actual reality. And the reality is, is that there is a whole, whole, whole lot of people who are not just going out and having random sex and then going to get just an easy abortion. It's, it is a whole hell of a lot more complex than that. And I actually, I, I would actually dare to say that I think that it is the people who are the most, you know, like a person like Matt Gates that would be the most likely to have a person go have an abortion, an easy abortion. So it's like there's a whole lot of projection going on. A whole, whole lot of projection going on. But I've gotten a little off course because what I really wanted to talk about was Trump. So in the DSM-4, 5, like, I don't know, like you hear a whole, whole, whole hell of a lot these days about narcissism. And like, there's like all this, you know, narc TikTok, you know, like narcissistic abuse. It's like, I can't, I can't deal with it. I just... You know, I just, I really, really can't. Like, I just can't. (laughs) I was sitting there, I was thinking, you know, this underlying, the underlying belief that a bully has massive insecurities. The, The underlying belief that a narcissist is actually like... It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, you know, like they're, they're really, really, really small. They just have really low self-esteem. And this is why they're trying to make up for it with loud words. But this morning when I woke up, I started to think, what if it's the opposite? I mean, what if it really is the opposite? What if it really is? that this person thinks that they are just all that? I really am superior. I really believe that I am superior. <laughs> I mean, what if that is their belief? We are the superior race. I am superior. I mean... I mean, who started, you know, 
I mean, the stuff that he says. And so, and then he has these tantrums when things do not line up with that reality that he is, he is the be all end all. You see, hmm. and then I'm going off again in my brain and, and I feel like I have to go off right now and I will come back to this. But what they're doing right now is basically doing away with, with democracy in our country. They're trying to make it so that the elected officials in state can change a presidential election. So if they don't like the candidate that won the vote, they can change it. They're, they're trying to do this. They're trying to change that law. It's something Harper. And, and because I, I had seen when Trump was, was I, I had this, oh my God, this guy, he, he like would compare to like other presidents, like the president of China. Like he thought that he should be president for the rest of his life. And he was going to try to figure out how to get rid of terms. I mean, this is what he really thought. It's gonna, he's going to hang pens. It's gonna, his people are going to hang pens and probably other, pull out other, other, you know. I mean, these are people with machine guns walking around. Machine guns. So he's going to hang pens and find a way to, to stay the president even though he was not elected and stay the president. It was a coup. Was, they call it an insurrection. But, but what this is really is our right to vote. And I think that they are doing this in that way, but also... All these people and this abortion issue and also possibly like the incarceration of gay people, uh, all of this are going to take away those people's right to vote. So our, our voting it appears if it keeps going the way they're hoping that it will, because there's also this, this idea of gerrymandering where they get these districts all set up so that they're, I mean, it is just a massive ploy, a huge ploy to rig elections. I mean, like literally, and this is how he knew about rigged elections because he's part of it. I know these elections are rigged because I'm part of it. I'm part of the scheme. So it continues to be like, I could not believe, even believe it when he ran for president. But 
And then when he seemingly won the presidency, which I'm not sure if he actually did, I'm, I'm just going to say that I still am not convinced that that was a legal election. I feel like something happened with it and I can't get over it. I don't, I can't prove it. I, but I cannot get over the fact that I do not believe that he was actually elected. Um, but there's a whole lot of people who agree with his ideology. You know, and I saw this thing recently, this bumper sticker that said, God's guns and, wait a second, God, guns, and Trump. And I feel like this is like so incredibly like the fact that all of these people think that he's their guy. This guy, I mean, it's like, I want us to like, like, like really think about who that guy is. And so like the people that are offended by me or people saying anything against this guy, it's like, we're saying something against them because they identify with him because they too believe they're better than they too believe that they are better than women they too believe that women are underneath them and are useful tools they believe this not that any woman would actually be their 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 wife would be their partner oh no the, their wife isn't their partner she's there to look good to go on vacations with, to hang out with, to have sex with for sure. I mean, that on demand, right? And to have my kids stay home and take care of my children. Because, you know, my, my children, my seed have to, you know, my little have to go on. <laughs> like, like really, like really, I know this is kind of dark, but this is just what I'm seeing. And, and it's as if these people, like really, you know, I was talking about this, you know, I did this whole podcast on me joining this cult. It's almost as if, and I don't know that Trump, it's like an ideology. And, and like, and I do not think that Trump is inherently a Christian, but I don't even think that Christians care. They just have a guy that's going to do their bidding. Like, they don't really care. Like, like Republicans are the same people that went after Clinton for a sexual act that, are, that, are, that were able to, like, oh, well, he's found Jesus now. He accepted Jesus as his personal servant. You saw that picture in the, in the White House, right? They all prayed on him, and now he's... he's He's changed. This was a guy who was willing to have his vice president hung. He was willing to kill someone. He threatens people who do not do what he tells them to do. If they don't do what he tells them to do, you know, what has happened to, to Mike Pence? We don't even hear about him. He is just, why do you think that's the case? 
I don't understand why he's not being asked to testify. Why isn't he being asked to testify? He's like a public servant. He's like, he's important. I mean, there's part of me that thinks that they're just protecting him because they know there would be a target on his head. Because it's not even just Trump. It's his little people who identify with him. I just don't know what's going to, I just don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's like, I tend to be one that I believe that there are higher forces, but then you've also got the higher forces of you have the negative and the positive. Not everything on the other side is, is positive. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe there is this, this heavenly place where nothing, there's no negativity. I don't know. You know, and then there's some theorists who would say there's no negativity here if you don't pay any attention to it. We're not supposed to be, I'm not supposed to be paying any attention to anything that's going on. I'm supposed to be just in my little la-la land over here, you know. And I don't know what to do with that because I, I, I balance this thing where I, I, I am kind of in la-la land and kind of not in la-la land. But anyway, I feel like I've, I've rambled on and on and on and on. But anyway, so I think that's enough for now. (laughs) So I appreciate y'all and I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap. Mm-hmm. <laughs>